In the Lab, a Texans podcast that takes a different look at things. Drew Doherty and John Harris have their lab coats and goggles on and the Bunsen burners burning. Here's Drew. What's up, friends? And what's up with you, John Harris? How are you? I'm doing well, Drew. Uh, back from Huntsville, Texas yesterday. Uh-huh. I went to Sam Houston State Pro Day. And it's, it was an interesting pro day, Drew, for, for me from a number of different perspectives. I know a lot of pro days going on. But I have I've essentially grown up with that group of guys that have been there for a while. Uh, the McCollum twins, I saw them when they were true freshmen and have been calling their games ever since. And one of those twins is probably going to go in like the yeah. top three or four rounds. He's a really good yeah. cornerback, yeah. And I think his twin brother as a safety is going to end up getting drafted too, especially after his pro day yesterday. And it just so happens that one of my best friends in life is their agent. Um, so, of course, he gives me an earful, and I'm like, <laughs> man, I, I've, I've covered these guys. So it was sort of bittersweet to see all these guys uh, knowing that they're leaving Sam and I called all those games, but it was good. It was good to be down there. I saw former Texans wide receiver coach, John Perry, who's Love now the guy. offensive coordinator yeah. at Sam Houston. So we got a chance to awesome. get a chance to catch up and it was a, it was a good day. And Drew, it shows you what Casey Keeler's, you know, built there at Sam Houston because man, I got to say at least 24 different teams were represented and there were a number of them that were represented by two or more scouting and or coaching personnel uh, people. So it was really interesting to see uh, the amount of people, scouts, teams represented there. It wasn't quite like AM, but I felt like the performance far outweighed what happened at AM, the one I went to last week. Yeah, that's remarkable stuff. And we're going to talk about pro days because we hear pro days. These guys are going to pro days. We've heard about Lovey Smith going all these pro days, and he has. He's been to Texas A&M, Michigan, Ohio State, Cincinnati, Georgia, just to name a few. He'll be at some more. Nick Casario also has been at UTSA, yep. you know, Texas A&M. He's, he's making the, the rounds. The Texans basically have a scout or some representation at almost every pro day. There's going to be some exceptions here and there, and sometimes that doesn't matter. Sometimes – the Texans won't go to a pro day and they'll wind up taking a player or two from that school. So don't read too far into it, but just know that there's something to it when they either are or are not there. But what is a pro day? Some of you might ask, what the heck is that? Essentially it's a chance for the seniors or guys who are leaving that school to work out for NFL scouts. And in a perfect world, they do the 40 a few times they do the bench, they do the vertical leap, sometimes a standing broad jump. Um, they do some three cone drills. You know, they'll do they'll, sometimes they'll have some workouts. You know, the first pro day I ever went to was back I think in 06, 07, Texas Tech. Had some pretty good teams out there yeah. with Mike Leach in the the later part of that first decade of the century. And you know, outside at Jones AT and T Stadium, wind was whipping, and you had these guys doing their uh their 40 i remember jared hicks was a wide receiver from the houston yeah, area yeah he had a thousand yard season he was a pretty good guy he went through some stuff the scouts were all there like you mentioned scouts back then were a little surlier than they are now and there were some things that were said that it's like it's pretty eye-opening because you're used to covering a team and all the, the coaches there but then the nfl comes in and it's a different beast and so you saw it then and then a couple years later in the 2009 pro day Tech was coming off maybe the best season that they'd ever had in school history. Yep. That was a team with Crabtree scoring the touchdown against the Horns. 
he wasn't at that pro day, but a lot of his teammates were from that team. And that one was inside. And I will never forget. They had a great left tackle, a guy named Rylan Reed. Yeah. He's in his late twenties. Well, he's like in his mid twenties at that point. He had played some minor league baseball for the White Sox and then came back yes, to, yes, yes. to school. He was probably going to get drafted. He, I think he put up 49 on, on the bench. I mean, he's Ooh. incredibly strong. I remember there's a sign when he, when they played Texas and somebody in the, in the student section, put us a, a poster up that said, Rylan Reed can bench press to Brian Arakpo's. So <laughs> he's really strong, but he was running the 40. And in the final, like 10 meters of his 40, his knee essentially exploded and it was awful. He never got drafted, never wound up playing in the NFL, but he probably would have had it not been for that pro day. And I thought of that when David Ojabo uh, at yep. Michigan, when he, he had his problem uh, a couple of weeks back with his Achilles, he's probably going to get drafted though, but any different, different story. Anyways, those pro days were my first glimpse at it. And then later on in 14, we started going to them more because the Texans had the first overall pick. So that year we went to an A&M pro day where we saw Nick Casario with the Patriots throwing passes to Travis Labhart and some other guys. Then we went back to A&M a couple weeks later because Johnny Manziel and Mike Evans were going through a pro day. And that's no pro day will ever match that. I'll say it right now because President George H.W. Bush and Barbara Bush, they were there. The dog. They dogs. They were in a golf cart. <laughs> yeah. You had Drake. You had everybody from the media was there. I mean, I think ESPN had a, a set built, especially. It was, it was just a fun experience and really fun to see. Johnny was wearing pads and a helmet, maybe just to make him look bigger, you know, because he, did, he doesn't look as big in, in street clothes and, and all that stuff. And, it was fun to see. Uh, it was a really unique experience. But then we also went to Baylor a couple times in the years after. Got the gut pack from VTEX each time we went. <laughs> yeah. I miss that, by the way. There's just today, and we didn't get to make it. But yeah. you've you've gone to a few this year. What have been your ex- experiences, and how has that meshed with what I've just described in years past? Yeah, I think it's pretty similar to that, Drew. What I've, I've found interesting at both a and and Sam Houston, those are two I've gone to. I'll go to U of H on Friday uh, as well they've had a number of a number of prospects there have been some pro days where you look out there and they might there might be six or seven guys working out and that's it and you go there's not one of those guys that's going to end up making it to the nfl the two guys that they know are going to the nfl they worked out the combine they blew it out of the water and there's no sense for them to work to work out and so that's where a pro day gets kind of interesting and you bring up the surly scouts which i always find i find interesting because you have with scouts, you have a lot of grizzled veterans that have seen it all. And then you've got a lot of younger guys that are, yep. you know, fresh on the scene. Some of them having either played with those guys or played against the guys that they're now covering. That's, it, it always makes for an interesting dynamic, but I've, I've seen now with, I can't say for hundred percent certainty, but just kind of scanning the scouts that were there yesterday, there were a lot of young guys out there, but the one thing I have found with the scouts, cause they do this pro day so much and they look at it as so routine. There are some things that they just find inexcusable. And if they tell you, they walk up and they, they show you the drill, even though you should know it, they show the drill and then a player will invariably screw that drill up. And you just, I mean, you talk about disdain, like underneath under their breath, they're like, we just showed you this daggum drill. What are you doing? And it's, it's always funny to me their their reaction to things but 
Pro Day. Hold on, hold on, hold on. It's interesting hearing hearing you say that because I've spoken with some scouts, and I talked about that Surly scout from you know '06. The scouts that I've been talking with recently said it has gotten so much nicer and so much kinder and gentler than those days. And this guy didn't really like it because. He said there's a lot more waiting around and there's a lot more shenanigans going on. And he and a lot of his contemporaries don't have the patience for it, but they're they're kind of having to hold their tongues because things have changed in the world in general. Sure. So it's yeah. it's interesting to hear that. And I wonder, I wonder what these like that scout that I'm talking about that was surly from way back, he's no longer with us. Yeah. But he's I mean, he was a legend in the field. I wonder what what he would think is some of the stuff that he's seeing these days. Drew, I remember or that I was he would at, be seeing um, these days. I was at Rice Pro Day. It was Christian Covington's Pro Day. So that was 2015, I think. It was a while ago. Yeah. 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 And Christian had done a lot at the combine. So if I remember correctly, he was just running the 40. I'm trying to remember. Now I know he was injured at some point. I remember him running the 40 and I remember him doing position drills. And so I was there and I actually talked to Christian after and I would, I told him, I said, man, we, we could use you, man. I'd love for you to, and he ended up with us. And so it was always, I love Christian Cubs. One of the best dudes I've ever seen come through that locker Same, room. Yeah. Really good My player. He's made a lot favorite. out of his career. Huge, just a big, big fan favorite and a, and a big favorite of mine. We were, I was at that <clears throat> pro day and I was standing where they were running the three cone drill. And of course it's rice. So they're you, you, I mean, smart guys, right? Well, this one guy just couldn't get the drill right. I don't know if he was just trying to, quote, unquote, cheat the drill, which is something you're, don't cheat the drill. Or he just wasn't understanding it. But the, the shuttle run, when you do the shuttle run, so there's 10 yards. So you start straddling the line with your hand on the ground. And you start to the, to the right, and you touch it with your right hand. You turn, you come back, and you touch it with your left hand. You come back, and you finish. At least that's, you know, that's how it's normally done. Some say right hand, right hand. Maybe it's right hand, right hand all the way through. I, I don't know. Either way. But there's, there's, a, there's a method to it. And the scout explains it. And, this, and there are about eight or ten scouts there. They split up. Some are time in the three cones. Some are time in the, the uh, shuttle. Then they get together, share their, their times and all that. So this kid doesn't touch the line. And he goes the other way. And then he doesn't touch the line. And the scout's like, hey, do it again. Like, hey, you got to touch the line. Well, the second time he does the same thing. He doesn't touch the line. He kind of waves at it. Then he goes the other side. He touches it with his foot. And then he goes through. And this scout nearly exploded on him. He's like, what's wrong with you? I just told you, touch the line with your hand. And I mean, this kid was just like, I mean, froze him in his tracks. Yeah. And I could see the other scouts like, yeah, yeah, touch the line with your hand. Like he had support in saying what he was saying. And so then on the next one, it was like he started to the right, and it was like he slapped the ground with his hand. He went the other way, did the same thing. So I don't know what it cost him in time. But, you know, it, it's, it's an interesting dynamic at Pro Day because you do the scouts add such a, such a wrinkle. And obviously there's the pressure of the NFL, and, you know, everything is magnified. You know, you do your position drills, and if you drop a pass, like, oh, man, could that be the pass that really, you know, my guys, uh, you, know, I, and you start panicking, and it gets, it gets rough. You run a 40, and maybe it's not as good a time. You know, at the combine, they don't share the times in the building. At pro day, 
there are enough hangers on that's the wrong way of putting it, but there are enough people that are, are you know, kind of around the, the school university mm-hmm. that are timing as well. Mm-hmm. And they'll run up and go, Hey man, you just ran four five. And you know, the guy might be, you know, wishing to run four three. He might be disappointed and that like works through his workout, but essentially what they do at the combine, they do in their pro day. And like the combine, this is the part that really isn't so much pro day, but for a number of prospects, they'll have a dinner or maybe an interview with the team that night mm-hmm. before the pro day. I've heard of that plenty. Hey, the, the coach and the GM are going to be here before your pro day. They're going to take you to dinner, talk to you. Then you're going to work out pro day. And, and I've also seen pro days where guys have just crushed it. And then when the pro day is over, I see that guy walking off with a scout somewhere and they're going to dinner either that night or the next night because or, a scout has been really interested in that particular player or man, that caught the attention of the GM who was there and he took off with the scout, took him somewhere. I, it's, it's crazy. Pro days kind of got this a little bit of kind of a wild, wild West thing to it. Yeah. I was going to say, I was going to say sort because of controlled in that environment for that time frame. you talk about him walking off with a scout to go get dinner. I've seen him walking off with a scout to another part of the building and the scout puts him through hell, puts him through right. like a, a, yeah, a yeah. workout of his own that he puts linemen, like the linemen. I remember, there's a Cleveland Brown scout who was it? He was not, this guy was not surly, but this guy was a very, he was old school. You could tell he had been through the, the, the ringer uh, of life. And this guy was putting, I can't, I, I don't know if it was Louis Ramirez or someone else. Cause tech had some good linemen that year, but like there was a lot of agility work that this guy was doing in a short space. And yeah, it, it was really fascinating to see. And that's a common occurrence. There's lots of little side drill oh, work. Yeah. That's not part of what you normally would do in a combine experience or the typical pro day uh, drill experience. And yeah, all sorts of wild, wild West. What you just said, perfect explanation for what a pro day can be, can become. No doubt. And if a guy is a really good prospect or there are multiple prospects, I I found this out in talking to scouts um, over the years that, and I think it was Brian Gain and I talked about this. He said, look, there's sort of a hierarchy of things. If there are no coaches there to run the drills, then the scouts run them. If there are coaches that are there, then the position coaches, then the position coaches run them. And a great example of that was at Texas A&M last week. Kenyon Green, Mm -hmm. offensive guard, interior offensive lineman for A&M was there. And there were probably three or four offensive line coaches there. So one offensive line coach, so the scouts step back, offensive line coach steps up, works him through a few drills. Then another offensive line coach is like, hey, I want to see this drill. So he steps up and he's like, hey, I want you to do this. Is there a and hierarchy then, between the coaches at that point? Like, I don't is, know. Is it like I don't the senior know about most that. coach or the I don't, I don't know about most that. local? I, I don't know about that, but I know Joe Philbin was one of those coaches. Hmm. And he was like second or third to go. And so each coach then added on top of that, okay, that was good. I saw you do that, but I want you to do this. I want you to do this. And then, so Kenny Green thinks he's done. And then offensive line coach comes over. No, 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 I want you here. I want you to do this. Line up next to this guy. We're going to work on down blocks or we're going to work on your pole. And then they would work on that. And another coach would come in and he might do, well, he might do one drill. That's it. One thing. And that's all he wants to see. All right. He's out of there. Uh, and then of course, scouts and coaches are talking to players. And I always find th- that, that sort of thing, the hierarchy, like if the coaches are there, kind of who does what drills, yeah. like who puts them through what, what drills they want to see. I always find that interesting um, as it pertains to these prospects. But, you know, when the pro day is over, that's it. And I always think about that 
when when it's actually over. That's the last time those guys are going to be on that campus as a Texas Aggie or as yeah. a Bearcat. I mean, it's the last time. That's it. All that they've they've done. There's a tinge of melancholy. There's a tinge yeah. of melancholy with it for sure. Yeah. Yeah. There's no doubt. And 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 you know, some guys like Zion McCollum, who um, I've gotten a, I got the Harris 100. I think Zion's a, a heck of a football player. Uh, and his twin, bro- twin brother worked out. And those guys have been together. I mean, you you know that. I mean, yeah. twins. They've been together from jump. So they're identical. And Zion's a little bit taller. Tristan played safety. Zion played corner. They played almost every game together if they weren't hurt. I mean, it was just, it was incredible to watch and uh, and see them and then to see them transition on. And and you'll go through this. Your twins will be together for their, you know, their entire lives. And then all of a sudden college comes. And maybe they go to the same college. Maybe they don't. These guys did. And they played football together. You know, you're going to have to go through that where there's that twin separation, which – I find fascinating because that's what's going to have to happen with Zion and Tristan that they're going to have to split up. But uh, I bet their parents like that though. But yeah, the, I, you know, yeah, I, I would think. think. They, yeah, I, and I talked to their agent, um, who, like I said, is a friend of mine, and he was like, "I think it's going to be good for them to to be apart, so you know, yeah. Tristan can have his and Zion can have his." And I think, man, I, I'll tell you what, I wouldn't mind both of them coming here to Houston. I mean, you talk about talented, fast. They're from Galveston. I would love that, but. I think it almost would be better if they're split up and they can kind of grow up like CJ and AJ Moore. You know, those guys, whenever they got together, uh, whenever we played yeah. each other, uh, whatever team CJ was on, I mean, it was always cool to see their bond. And they'll always have that. But they had a great workouts. Uh, Tristan did the full workout with a hamstring issue and still ran very, very well, pet tested well. Um, Jaquez Ezard, um, who I love as a, kind of a weapon, X wide receiver, running back hybrid thing. I mean, he was tremendous in the spring season of 2021, hurt a lot this past year. He was very good. And then a Texas Tech transfer, a defensive lineman named Joe Wallace, who I think should be in a, an NFL training camp. And the name that came to mind as I thought about him was Brandon Dunn. Just does everything for your team. And in the games that I saw in studying FCS defensive linemen, he took games over. He was maybe the best FCS defensive lineman I saw in 2021, hmm. like through the spring and through the fall. I mean, he was, he was tremendous. So – uh, hopefully he's got a shot, but Casey Keeler's done some good things at Sam Houston state. It's always fun to be down there for pro day. It was really cool. All right. I'm going to wrap pro days pro day in the lab up with the, one of the like mo- most interesting things I think I've ever seen at a pro day was I believe it was the Bryce Petty, Corey Coleman, Baylor oh, pro day of a few years yeah. back and all the stuff was going on. And like one of the last things that they did was the throwing with the, the, receivers and the quarterbacks and i saw petty the field was basically split in two and on one hash on the left side petty was throwing to, to receivers and on the other hash on the other side i think coleman was catching passes from a quarterback and this quarterback had the zip on the ball that was you know normal had the timing with the receiver that was normal uh, and the only thing was i could not for the life of me understand why this guy was so small I mean, yeah. it was, it yeah. was a five, <laughs> five foot five, maybe, uh, maybe five, four maybe, quarterback, yeah, maybe. but the, everything else was fine. Everything else looked the part, except it was a five foot five inch quarterback. And I was like, what the hell is going on? And they go through the stuff. And then once it's time for the real drills to begin, you know, it was petty and that quarterback kind of ran towards us on the sideline. And as he got closer, it was clear. This kid's in junior high. He's a kid. He is a kid. He's a kid. And it was a seventh grader. His name was Chase, is Chase Griffin. And he has since gone on to UCLA. I think he's 
done playing college football now. That's how old we are. But yeah, this kid was a seventh grader zipping passes to NFL hopefuls. And it was, it was remarkable to see. He went on to have a, a splendid high school career for the Hutto Hippos. Hutto you, Hippos. I, I just remember nudging you and like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> because it looked yeah. so weird because it was like, yeah. zoop, zoop, zoop. But he was just he a little was, kid. He was doing it. He was yeah. so good. Can I, can I tell my, my favorite story from that too? Sure. Not, not just from that. So we're all, we're, you and I are doing some, some media stuff like film and TV and stuff afterwards. Everybody's sort of cleared out and we're, we're shooting film. And so um, a couple of the maintenance workers had gone in there with everybody pretty much out and they had grabbed the football and they were tossing it around and they were throwing it. And one of the guys was just kind of chattering and, you know, not talking trash in general, but just, you know, yeah, watch this. And he'd throw a ball and all that. So he dropped back at one point. And I was kind of watching, just kind of, kind of pay attention to what we had to do, but kind of watching them. And this guy uncorked one. It's a good throw. And he goes, man, check that out. I just threw that 70 yards. Cause he looked down and he was standing at the 30 yard line. And he's like, I corked that third. I, and I'm like, that doesn't look 70 yards. I go out on the field and I realized that Baylor's indoor facility was only an 80 yard field. So he was 20 <laughs> yards short. Now 50 yard throw is still, still pretty good. Throw. Yeah. It's still pretty good. But here he was thinking that he threw it 70 yards and he had a Brett Favre like <laughs> arm. And no, he was just short the 20 yards that the field didn't have on the indoor facility. <laughs> so oh, I had, I had a good chuckle with that one. And so I'm like, wait a second, I'm counting the yard lines. I'm like, wait a second. They don't have a 50 yard line here. That just goes to the 40. So he was 20 yards short, but I love the fact that he walked out of there feeling good about the fact that he had a, uh, a Dan Marino, like Malik Willis, like hose. You could throw it 70 yards indoors at Baylor. The stories, the stories he's told over the years since, <laughs> yes, you know, exactly. and you won't, you won't dime him out. That's great. <laughs> no, All right. Well, uh, we need shoot. We need to hit the road and do some pro days. And I miss those getting some beef jerky and some oh. diet, Dr. Pepper and, you know, about an hour, hour and a half of the car. Yeah, let's do that again. Well, John, it's been fun. We'll do this again next week. We got some fun drafts, like redrafts to do with the 11 picks the Texans own in this draft. Historically, you're probably thinking, wait, what's he talking? What? Just wait a week. We'll, we'll, we'll show you. It's going to be fun. Until then, we'll see you later.